welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. I am your host, Matt Anderson. You can find me at Twitter uh, uh, on Twitter at Matt Anderson underscore eight. Tonight, we are joined by Travis. Uh, I, I'm sorry, Travis Davidson, and you can find him at Twitter. I was just looking for the hander, handle. It's tr- at Travis Skoll. Um, thank you for coming on the show tonight. How are you? Man, I'm, I'm fantastic. I appreciate it. Uh, um, love doing these type of things. I mean, I talk sports all day, so, I mean, this is, this is kind of right in my wheelhouse. I'm, I'm sure some of the people that are around me pretty often wish I'd shut up every once in a while, but <laughs> hey, I've, I'm enjoying it. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, I, I'm excited to talk football with you. Um, we're without our co-host, Ryan Ortega. We just named him co-host last week, and he doesn't show up this week. So uh, I hope that everything's okay on his end. But we got producer Dave filling in in that yep. slot until Ryan shows up. Um, before we dive into Vikings and what happened last week, what we're looking forward to this week, and, and a big reason why you're on, why don't you tell the people watching um, who you are, what you're about, a little little background on yourself and and then after that we can dive into the fun stuff yeah i appreciate it matt um i am uh travis davidson uh, i'm i live in tulsa oklahoma um i've lived here for a long time i was actually born in san Luis park uh, just uh outside of minneapolis so family's all vikings fans grew up a vikings fan um no oh, there he is um but uh, anyways, ended up down here in Tulsa, started opening restaurants when I was 24. So now I have three of those uh, coming to you live from uh, the uh, Brick Brothers uh, studio, which is just me against a wall in one of my restaurants named Brick Brothers. Um, <laughs> hey, I like so, the Brick Brothers uh, studio. That sounds cool. Yeah, Brick Brothers studio. So um, anyways, uh, just been in restaurants and I've, I've been able through the restaurants uh um, and Twitter and whatnot to be able to get involved with a lot of uh, uh, specifically OU Twitter, but a lot of Vikings and Browns Twitter as well. Because growing up a Vikings fan, um, you know, I was hence the handle Travis Skull was always, you know, I'm still a massive Vikings fan. And then our boy Baker Mayfield went off to Cleveland. And he's really the only player that I think a lot of uh, OU fans are willing to follow just in their entirety to. Uh, a, a pro organization because he was just that um, he was just that awesome and and really I mean he was the walk on he was the the guy that was too small he was a little pudgy you know in college all that so um, I think he uh, you know he was the every man's man so um, anyways yeah now now it's funny because my Sundays aside from having a sports bar and whatnot I'm like well I gotta watch I gotta watch Kyler in Arizona I gotta watch Baker in Cleveland I gotta watch the Vikings and I gotta root against everybody in the NFC North outside of the Vikings, and then it's just I'm all over the place. I had to get out of all my fantasy football leagues and everything. I was like, <laughs> I, I'm in one. I'm in one. I was like, I just can't do it. I can't do it. There's no time. That's too funny. That's uh, that's probably a lot like Ryan over here, uh, who has finally joined the show this evening. Uh, I, I feel like you guys, you, you clearly connected. Uh, I know Ryan reached out to you to hop on this show. Uh, 
I know Ryan's a huge Sooner guy, Baker guy, Kyler guy, you name it. So I'm sure that's how the connection formed there. But Ryan, how are you doing on this Wednesday evening? You're muted. I can't hear you. We're, we're starting this show show off great tonight. Um, we'll figure out how Ryan's doing later. Uh, I had a question for you, and it was, what got you hooked on becoming a Sooners fan, Travis? Um, well, so I moved to Oklahoma. I was in first grade. Um, my first OU game I watched, actually, um, was the national title game uh, against Florida State in 2000. So uh, the 2000 season, I should say. Uh, that was kind of my first game I watched. Uh, that was when I um, just fell in love with, obviously, being already living in the state. And then naturally, the first game you watch is, you know, OU winning a national title. Um, and Eric, uh, I'll, I'll be I'll be rooting for the Vikings. Uh, I'll be rooting for the Vikings. <laughs> so I'll, I'll answer that question right away. I don't want to I don't want to uh, you know muddy the waters too much, but. Um, yeah, so I got to Oklahoma and, well, I mean, obviously, like, watched up uh, or uh, grew up watching sports, everything like that. Um, and then I really started to get involved with OU through Twitter. And that just intensified um, my fanhood and everything like that. I've always just dove into whatever I'm interested in. And being a sports fan, that's nice. It's not – I don't have to cut out the time for it. I, I can kind of do it on my own time, obviously, watching the games. But it's – it's different. I can, I can read up on stuff. I can, I can dig into the history. I can do all that. Um, and then I started, um, uh, actually cooking for some of the recruiting events. So I came up with the recruiting hashtag, um, for their, uh, 2021 class. Um, and then I started, one of my restaurants does, uh, uh, we do smoked American Wagyu tomahawks and we smoke them to order. So, um, we God, got, I got hooked good. up with the, it's ridiculous. So, uh, I got hooked up with the recruiting staff at Oklahoma, and we actually cooked them for the team. I've actually got a couple smokers at Lincoln Riley's house right now because um, I I went and, and did some more smoking for them and whatnot. So it's been a lot of fun to get to know the staff and get uh, kind of behind. The scenes. So that is, uh, but yeah, it's, is it's, awesome. it's kind of fun. You open a restaurant, expect anything to be able to help you get more into like sports, but love finds a way, right? Yeah. <laughs> that is that is awesome. Uh, we I'm like finally got jealous Ryan. Right <laughs> <laughs> I can see it through the camera. Uh, we finally got Ryan's mic working. He's here in attendance. So we're going to have you kill two birds with one stone, Ryan. Tell everybody how you're doing this evening. And then give everybody your takeaway from last week's victory over the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm doing well. Uh, sorry, I just had some family stuff to take care of quick. That took a little longer than I anticipated. No worries, so, man. Um, I did want to mention uh, one of my buddies, Matt, you met him this weekend, um, came up from North Carolina this weekend to watch the Oklahoma game. And they brought me this really nice bottle of Basil Hayden Toast. I don't know if anyone's ever had that before. I think it's a brand new thing that they're trying out. And it is delicious. So that's what I'm drinking tonight. Um, and then Travis, I know you're a big bourbon guy and, and, uh, well, you know, whiskeys and all that. So I thought maybe you'd be impressed. So, um, no, in terms of the game, I I thought it was a great game. Uh, I was there in attendance. Uh, again, I brought my buddy and and then his friends over to the game and we had a great time. We were tailgating ahead of time, Matt, we met up for brunch, um, tailgating. 
Yep. <laughs> and then we, um, and it, it was just roaring in that stadium. It was so exciting to be back in the, in the stadium, just, you know, you know, cheering on your team. And, and we put on a good show. I mean, Kirk Cousins, for all the crap that I've given him over the years, um, I don't know, these last two games have given me a little bit of faith in terms of, you know, making quick decisions, navigating the pocket, um, making some contested throws, some, you know, not necessarily safe throws and letting his guys make the plays. Um, something he hasn't done on a consistent basis over his career here. So it's fun to kind of see that happening in real time. I think, you know, week one, he wasn't doing that. And I think that might have been the decision of, you know, the differentiator of, you know, potentially winning that game. So it's good to be on the win column. Uh, Like you said, uh, Cousins played well. That offensive line played well. Um, I think we did a pretty good job on the, the defensively, especially in the second half of mitigating, you know, Russell Wilson's ability to, escape the pocket and, uh, and make plays on the run. Uh, again, we kind of shut down DK for the most part in the second half. Tyler Lockett, for the most part, was a non-factor. Um, yeah, uh, Daniel Hunter played well. Run game was good. I mean, it, it was a fun game to be at. I was very, very happy. Yeah, that was – and, and to, to piggyback off of last week, right, you said you had an outstanding in-game attendance record for the Vikings – and that just improved again, another victory uh, under Ryan here. So, Travis, I want to transition to you. I didn't know that you were a whiskey bourbon kind of guy. Uh, do you have a go-to? Are you drinking anything tonight? I, I, I'm sipping on oh, Elijah man. Craig. I've been on a kick for that. But uh, if, I, do you ha- if do you have a go-to? Uh, if you guys have me on again, I'll, I might do it from the uh, Cardinal Club uh, office. That one I've got. So Cardinal Club is a semi-private uh, concept. So I have a member's bourbon list and I've got everything from the lot B Van Winkle to old rib to all the Weller CYPB, Weller single barrel, um, all the Blanton's, Blanton's gold, Blanton's straight from the barrel. Uh, I've got kind of all of them and it's, it's, I mean, oh, man, it, it would be tough to pick my favorite, but, uh, I like the Elijah <laughs> Craig stuff. I like the Basil Hayden stuff. Basil Hayden just went through a, uh, a redesign on their bottles, uh, which looks pretty cool. Um, but, and like I said, Elijah Craig, Elijah Craig Toasted Barrel uh, is one of my favorites. They do a great job. Um, a lot of the Buffalo Trace products, though. Um, I like the Weller CYPB. I like the Weller Single Barrel. Uh, Weller, probably if I had to pick a bottle to be my daily drinker, would be the Antique 107 Weller. Okay. So, yeah, I've had that. That's pretty good. It, it's hard to get up here. I mean, any Weller is impossible to get down here or up here. Um, it's a little bit more accessible in terms of like this you know, more generic stuff down in like Texas and Oklahoma, uh, from what I hear, I don't know if that's accurate. Um, but, uh, yeah, when we can get a bottle up here, but yeah, my buddy ended up buying that uh, specific bottle and, uh, let me have a pour out of it and it was fantastic. So love it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's all, all bourbons getting extremely tough to find for the most part. There are now three States that don't even, they won't even get any Buffalo trace products for the rest of the year. Because you think of how long it takes wow. to make bourbon, and then the bourbon boom hit. I mean, nobody was thinking in 2011. Oh man, I'm sure 10 years from now this thing's going to blow up, and we're, we need to start making way more whiskey. Nobody thought that, so it'll be interesting. It'll get harder and harder to find. So luckily, I'm sitting on a little a little bunker of uh, of plenty of bottles. So I'll be good. <laughs> stash. Well, if I run out, I might need to come on down. Hey, there you go. Um, I know we just got Ryan's takeaways uh, from the Vikings game this past week. 
Dave and I, the producer of the show, and a couple other Climbing the Pocket members, we do a show called uh, Climbing the Pocket Final Score, where we give our reaction immediately after the game. But I do want to know uh, what what you thought of Sunday's game, Travis. Um, you know, I think we're just in a but that liking specifically, man, we're we're one or two plays away from being three and zero, and I think I think we played like a three and zero team. Um, I I was probably most excited about um, kind of the confidence that they were playing with, the decisiveness uh, that they were playing with on both sides of the ball. Uh, we did give up um, a decent yards per carry clip to to Chris Carson, which could be trouble this coming week because Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are much better than Chris Carson. But um, yeah. I'm I'm wondering how much emotion was in the game from I mean you even saw players tweeting whatnot saying oh man I'm contractually obligated to only go to Seattle you know and it was the first time I think beating them since 2009 so uh, I think I have that right but we've had the you know, Blair Walsh kick and um, you know just just some some bad games uh, and even good games that turn bad against Seattle so it was nice to just look at just to watch the game and see the people in the correct uniforms doing the correct things for once when I'm staring at those two teams. You know, you're used to <laughs> Seattle being this buttoned up, just just machine with, with Russ. You know, you can't bring him down ever, anything like that. Um, but, no, it was, it was really encouraging. If you looked at the schedule at the start of the year and said, okay, which, which game can we go ahead and schedule a loss on, I think a lot of people would have pointed to the Seattle game and said, man, it's just, it's just in our – it's in our DNA, it seems like, unfortunately, to keep losing to Seattle. So uh, it was nice. You you hope there's no emotional letdown, um, kind of that that built up like, oh God, we kind of. I mean, kind of like when uh, um, when Rex Ryan's Jets finally beat the Patriots, and then they they treated that like their Super Bowl. And of course, I know that those are two different two different circumstances. But I also believe that if you were to pick a pick a team in the NFL that the Vikings just could not get over the hump against it was Seattle. So you hope that Zimmer can keep them concentrated and focused on um, a, uh, a tough opponent in Cleveland. That's better than Seattle. Yeah. And I think that's a great transition to, to kind of move into that preview for um, the Vikings and the Browns this weekend. We don't need to be the dead horse. We won last week um, and we're ready to go. You've alluded to uh, Chris Carson last week a little bit. Uh, he had he had I think about six point seven yards a clip per carry. Yep. Um, and coming into town this week is a two headed backfield that I mean they're a monster, right? You got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and I, I don't know if I have it on top of my head right now, but I mean they are physical. They will run the ball down your throat. Kareem Hunt can do a little bit more receiving than Nick Chubb, so you got to account for that. Um, and I think they're a little bit more physical than what we saw from Chris Carson, which has me concerned because the Vikings are one of the worst tackling teams through three games. Um, and I think they have something of like 31 missed tackles through three games. It's, it's, it's really bad. So how do you think that we stop that this week, if anything? Uh, there's any any way to stop it uh, I, I think it's going to be one of those things we've, we've got we've got to load the box and force Baker 
uh, to throw over the top. I saw OBJ, I believe, is questionable um, earlier today, at least uh, on an injury report that I saw. If he is out and Landry is out, that wide receiver core all of a sudden goes from having two studs but being top-heavy to where you're looking at Higgins, Schwartz, and what Donovan People-Jones being your best receivers. Donovan People-Jones has come on, especially on the sideline catches. He's done a good job sitting in those um, in those kind of soft zones uh, back there. Um, and Baker can deliver those balls. But I think as big of a Baker fan as I am, I, I think I can admit that Russell Wilson is currently a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. I don't think I don't no think you get much pushback no even – even even from the staunchest of, of Baker Mayfield fans, I don't, I don't think you'll get much pushback on that. Um, I think, yeah, I think the, the, those running backs and, and the difference is since they have two of them and, you know, Kareem can can he's a violent runner. He'll find the hole. He'll get sideways. He'll throw his body around if he needs to. But then the problem is they had 42 carries uh, against uh, Chicago at I think 5.1 yards per uh Per carry, and is is pretty aggressive. Um, so we're going to have to keep up with that and make sure that Chubb doesn't lean on us um, for the uh, for the fourth quarter because that's where I feel if if the Vikings lose this game, I think it's kept close to the third quarter. Um, but then you just can't let Chubb lean on you um, for that whole fourth quarter because. Um, like I said, they're a heck of a lot better than, than Chris Carson. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. We, we almost have to, to, to put it in Baker's hands and let him fail a little bit. Um, which Ryan, I'll, I'll, I'll give this one to you because I do feel like you are, um, a Baker defender almost to a fault at times. Um, I know you're, you're nodding your head. No. Uh, but I've seen some, some discussions with you before where I just, I just want to grab you and say, just look at it objectively. So I'm going to ask you, how do you think Baker Mayfield does against this Vikings D? And I think not only just this Vikings defense, but more so Mike Zimmer in the way he schemes against quarterbacks that under pressure uh, can get a little frazzled. Yeah, I mean, and that's, I guess, my biggest concern for Baker specifically is the fact that uh, under pressure, he does tend to make some more boneheaded decisions and, uh, in, in, like, your, to your point, get frazzled. However, um, I do know that, you know, Stefanski is the he- head coach over there. He runs all of the offense over there. He knows the defense that we run. And obviously, we've added some new wrinkles, right? We have this kind of hybrid defense that we're running now. Uh, but Stefanski is a significantly better coach than whoever the offensive coordinator is with Seattle. I think that this um, I think that this run game and the passing game are going to be a lot more creative. It's going to give us a lot more pause in terms of motion. It's going to give us a lot more play action. I'm trying to give Baker every edge possible to have that defense pause for half of a second to be able to allow his guys who he's got some burners on this on this offense, right? I mean, you got Schwartz who's got Olympic speed. You got people Jones, who's no slouch in the speed department himself, and we have some slow corners. Um, so, you know, I think the the way you can limit this team is by is, is by playing more of like that kind of cover two that that Zim's been playing a lot this year, the two high safeties. But that's going to welcome the run game. So you really need to lean on you know that interior, you know Pierce Tomlinson, 
um, and, and Hunter to really uh, limit that, and, and Kendricks, of course, the front seven, to really limit the run game as much as you possibly can without the safeties because we will need those safeties to kind of sit over top to help with the speed that Cleveland has. And again, I don't think Odell's going to be out. I, he looked pretty healthy this game. So um, this last game, so I, my, my hunch is, you know, he's questionable for the moment. And eventually, you know, through, as the week progresses, he's going to get more reps and practice and, and, and kind of limit his role role there. Um, so, yeah. So again, how you limit him is again, may, force him to make the underneath throws, um, for, you know, kind of do what Cincinnati did to us, honestly. Right. Force us to kind of throw the the checkdowns, the dump offs, and make them kind of beat us slowly in that sense, and then hope that we can uh, you know do the same to them and 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 really uh, you know take advantage of our receiver matchup that hopefully uh, will be strong. Um, to answer quick, I think uh, Joseph, who's my boy down in Miami, he asked if I'm going <laughs> to let uh, my son Warriors Baker's easy. Um, yes, however. I uh, I specifically went and bought him an Oklahoma jersey, Oklahoma Baker jersey, so he, he didn't have to wear his Cleveland Baker jersey um, and get booed by our fans around us because they do do that to you. I don't care if you're a little kid or an old man; they're gonna boo you if you're wearing the opposing team's jerseys. So, um, so I didn't want him to deal with that at the ripe age of eight. So uh, he was gonna wear his Oklahoma Baker jersey, and we'll get there extra early and you know, maybe we'll get lucky to, you know, say hi. So that's awesome. Uh, Travis, I'd be remiss if I didn't allow you to, to speak about Baker Mayfield. Uh, you both seem to have a little bit of a crush on him. Uh, rightfully so being sooner fans. And he does have a moxie about him that just draws people to him. Uh, I, I think that's a big reason that, uh, the Browns were, they took him. So I want to allow you to take off the blinders from from the the Vikings, you don't have to think about them. Just tell me about Baker Mayfield and what you think he's going to do this game. Well, I think uh, you know, as we discussed a, a little bit, you know, the availability of Odell Beckham, I think, is going to be huge. Um, if he is good to go, then Baker can uh, open up the playbook a bit more. Um, like I said, he does have a lot of speed on the outside, and uh, you know. Rashard Breland, he's just—he's not that guy. So um, I would—I would not—I uh, would not be surprised if they—if they go after him. Um, but I think uh, you know he's—he's he's what top three in completion percentage. He's—I mean, same with I think Kirk's up there, top three in completion percentage at least over the last ten games. He is, um, you know, and part of that is yeah, you can lean on the run game and uh, that you can open it up uh, downfield where you can open it up to the tight ends, whatnot. They've got, uh, you know, Austin Hooper, uh, which provided the first score last time. Um, I think if I think if he can get out and use his legs a little bit in play action, I mean, look, Stefanski was here. I mean, he'd been with, he'd been with the Vikings for, what, 14 years in various roles. I mean, we know exactly what they're going to do. They're going to try and use their tight ends and their running backs, play action, and, and they're going to try and throw off of that. They're going to roll them out uh, after play action, just like we saw – um, and Stefanski's last year in our system. So um, we know exactly what he's going to do. I think Baker can get the job done. I think he's accurate enough. Um, I mean, I was there in Kansas City to watch the uh, watch the home opener, and he looked he looked good. The problem was, I mean, he doesn't have he doesn't have Odell there, and he's throwing to Schwartz. You know, Schwartz trips and falls on one of the touchdowns, and 
offensive line doesn't hold up and Baker throws the pick as he's going to the ground. Um, I, I, I saw this stat that was kind of kind of interesting, and I'll, I'm trying to figure out how unique it is, but I think we have played – after this game, we will have played four out of the last five top draft picks because we'll play Miles Garrett, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and Joe Burrow. So <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I thought – Interesting uh, observation. Kind of, I think that I thought that was kind of interesting, um, but it's uh, and then of course uh, Judavion Clowney's uh, on the team as well. But that's one thing I uh, I worry about for on the Minnesota side of things is we saw last week the the Browns put usually you know traditionally you got you know Judavion Clowney on one side you put your edge rushers out so you got uh, Miles Garrett on one side and you got Judavion Clowney on the other. It's interesting because on a uh, on a few series, they put Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett next to each other. They put Miles Garrett on the inside next to Jadavion Clowney, who was on the outside. So they targeted actually the right guard um, when they were playing the Bears. They targeted the right guard so they couldn't double team Miles Garrett. So it'll be interesting to see if they take the matchup against Rashad Hill, or which I would do if I were them. Um, take the matchup against Rashad Hill, or exactly. if they come over um, and try O'Neal's side, which obviously O'Neal's side is going to be a little bit tougher. But if you have Clowney and Garrett on one side, uh, along with uh, Tack and all those other guys, it, it could be tough. But Baker specifically, um, to get back on your question, um, <laughs> you know, he, he's got the talent to do it. He's an accurate quarterback. Um, you know, all the other stuff, you know, teams rallying around him. He's got the moxie. He's got this, that. He's he's special, or else they wouldn't have taken him, and, he, and they wouldn't have brought the worst franchise in professional sports to the playoffs, and then to win a playoff game. So, and I know a lot of it is okay. They've got great running backs, got great defensive line, they've got great this, that, and the other. But I mean, it takes the quarterback. The quarterback's got to get it done. So he's been getting it done so far. Um, hasn't been asked a lot of them, but every team. I mean, is there a team out there that doesn't enter a game against the Browns and say? Hey, if we limit the run and make Baker beat us, we might win. Well, then nobody nobody seems to be able to do it. I mean, if the, the scouting report's pretty obvious uh, on what to do against the Browns if you if you want to, you know, try and test Baker Mayfield. So maybe it's just the fact of everybody has this same this same mentality, but nobody's been able to do it yet. And, and I mean, and to that point too, you know, teams have done that, you know, like last year, the Ravens did that, right? They pretty much tried to limit that run game as much as possible. And that was by far, I think the game of the year, the Browns versus the Ravens. I think that was, can't remember which game it was. It was late in the season and it was basically Baker and Lamar going shot for shot for shot for shot. And yes, the Ravens ended up winning that game. I was up. I was just like in shock, you know, because, you know, it's similar to what the, happened to the Green Bay last week. Just a little the bit. Was that Lamar game where he the was in the Lamar bathroom? Game. Yep. Okay. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That <laughs> game. Yep. And he comes back out and he, you know, and he leads that game winning drive, you know, for Justin Tucker to, you know, do Justin Tucker things. But um, to, to, to your point, though, they did limit their run game and Baker did show up. I mean, he threw big money, you know, balls to, Rashad Higgins and to um, Donovan Peoples-Jones that game and kept them in that game. And with, a, I think it was a um, Kareem Hunt touchdown at the end to, I think, tie the game. And then Tucker just came in, you know, knocked in a 50-some yarder again. But So, I mean, you know, there's not much you can do about that, but he played his part. So uh, he's got the ability to do it. So Watching Justin yeah. Tucker 
is so frustrating. I mean, just just knowing all the kicker woes that the Vikings have had over the years. I mean, you you see this guy. It's like, man, if we just had Justin Tucker for sixty six yard field games, goal last week. I mean, we're looking at. I mean, we're looking at a Super Bowl appearance. At least probably one more Super Bowl appearance if we just have the kicking to go along with it. Like it's just madness. And then you sit there and you're like, man, he makes it look so easy. And then you get our guys out there, and it's like, oh god, what do you? It doesn't even look like. Yeah, we, we don't have to get. We don't have to go down the rabbit hole of Vikings kickers. <laughs> yeah, Joseph, I'll give Joseph some credits. I mean, again, I'm not going to be overly optimistic, and I know he missed the 37 yard game winner or whatever. But outside of that kick, he's been playing pretty darn well. Um, can, better than I thought he would play. I mean, he was Cleveland's. I think he was Cleveland's kicker back in 18. And he was garbage back then. And I'm like, why, what are we doing messing with this guy this offseason when you have players who are you know much more ca- capable recently um, on the waiver wires? Like even uh, who was the who was the Rojas, I think, was out there. And then uh, Pinheiro, you know, it's like guys who are playing well and yeah. we roll with, you know, Greg Joseph. But, hey, he's proven me wrong so far for the most part. Of course, he missed the easy one. But. Um, I'll give you one of those misses, but outside of that, you know, let's, let's tighten it up. And he has, so. Um, I know Travis alluded to it. I want to get back to it. Um, I think it's probably the matchup to watch the most this week outside of maybe Chubb and Hunt versus our defense. Um, and it is Miles Garrett and J- Jadavion Clowney. And not only that, but I'm, if I don't recall, I'm, let me just pull it up quick. I'll butcher the the pronunciation of their linebacker, but he's ranked first overall oh, according Joe, to Joker. PFF. Yep, out of Notre Dame. Uh, the, the, yeah, yeah, yep. And so when we think about that whole tandem there, um, you talked about how they they utilized moving Miles Garrett inside, so you can't double team him. I fully expect them to exploit that on the left side of the line this weekend. Ryan, what are your suggestions or thoughts or takeaways to to try and stop that or at least t- like temper it a little bit. I, I don't know if it can be fully stopped, but temper. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be difficult. I think, you know, uh, to my chagrin, like I'm very happy that our offense has moved this way in terms of running a lot more 11 personnel this year. I'm very happy about that. I think we're going to not be able to do that this game. I think one way to help limit this is running a little bit more 12 personnel, put a tight end on each side at very worst, have that tight end try to chip the the you know D end, or again just kind of stay in production there when uh, when necessary, um, and let our two receivers kind of work. You know we do have two of the game's best, and they're down their first round corner um, Greg Newsom this week, and so they're stuck with you know Greg Ward who's phenomenal, and he'll be on Justin Jefferson. I'm assuming he'll shadow him all game, um, so that's going to be Adam Thielen's time to feast because he's got Greedy Williams who. I had high hopes for coming out of college. Um, he hasn't quite put it all together in the pro level yet. So we'll have to kind of see how he holds up against, you know, one of the best route runners and best hands in the league and Adam Thielen. Um, and then, like I said, allow Conklin or Herndon and, and I forget the other guy's name. He's wearing 82. I don't know his name, but the, the third tight end to kind of stay in and help chip, help block, and then, you know, become an outlet, essentially outlet passing for Kirk as needed. Um, and same with the running backs. I mean, they're just going to really have to stay in and help chip as well, help m- mitigate some of the pass rush. I think that's the only way you can really limit this. 
unless Darazak can come in and hopefully just play out of his mind, which, you know, I have high hopes for him. He was my offensive tackle too this year, but, you know, getting thrown in, if you do get thrown in this week, getting thrown in against Miles Garrett is uh, a tall order. So uh, he's probably the best he end in football. Yeah. So um, I think that's the only way you can really do it though, is, is chip the tight ends, chip with the court, uh, running backs and uh short, quick passing game. I mean, kind of like we've done all year. I mean, we've done a lot of yeah. sh- uh, quick, quick passing game. I mean, you can mitigate a pass rush by doing that. And then of course, utilizing some of the screen games um, as well. I mean, that'll slow our pass rush down just quite a bit. So I feel like uh, through the, the greater portion of this podcast tonight, We've, we've kind of been a little pessimistic on the Vikings. And so, Travis, I'm going to turn to you. And I saw it already in the chat um, while they were just talking about putting up Viking pictures in the, in, in the YouTube feed. But let's let's pump the crowd up a little bit. The Vikings just came off a win. What are they going to do this weekend that is is something that we can exploit versus the Browns? Yeah, I think uh, – and, and Ryan touched on it. I think having – Arguably the, the the best duo. I mean, they've got the best running back duo over there. We've got the best wide receiver duo in the league. Uh, you exploit those those quick passes um, and you let your speedsters run. I mean, the whole reason Adam Thielen is in the league is because of his speed. I mean, he tells the story. It's it, it had nothing to do with even routes or hands or anything. He was he went to the um, you know the regional combine and he, all he was looking for was if I ran the right number then they'll give me a chance. So, I mean, the reason he's in the league is the speed. You need to get going on some slants and some quick outs. And like you said, keep the um, keep the pass uh, rush honest with some screens and whatnot. Um, but I think that's going to be the key. And, and, and let Kirk – I mean, Kirk has been cooking. I mean, they always talk about let Russ cook. Kirk has been on fire, uh, especially these last 10 games. Uh, he's playing at an MVP level. I mean, you, you can't be an MVP on a one-and-two team, but he's, he's playing at an MVP level. So – I think you just continue you to let that group going. You, team. Yeah, um, <laughs> but it's it's that. Yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, but that but that's the thing. It's you got you gotta you gotta bring that confidence in. Uh, they should be playing with a lot of confidence uh, uh, after a big win at home uh, against Seattle. Uh, the home crowd, uh, one of the best advantages in the NFL. Uh, the crowd in Minnesota, so it's got to be loud. Um, they've really got to. They've really got to get creative with their defensive line, which is interesting because going into the season, the Browns offensive line rated extremely well um, last year and, and everybody assumed, okay, best two running backs, great offensive line. That's a pretty good recipe for winning a lot of games, but their offensive line hasn't necessarily performed at the level in pass protection that um, everybody, a lot of people were expecting. Uh, I mean, if you look at just last week, uh, the Browns, they didn't score until, I mean, what, the end of the second quarter? Um, because, I mean, with seconds left before the half, because they were going for it on fourth. And granted, we don't have Khalil Mack, but, I mean, we've got Daniel Hunter and Everson Griffin. We've got we've got capable, um, you know, defensive ends and pass rushers. And we've got Mike Zimmer, who, who can dial up some uh, unique blitz packages and whatnot. So so it's, be, it, it's interesting. Like I said, you think of Cleveland having this amazing – offensive line, but pass protection, Baker's being sacked at a rate that is, is not even coming close to the protection that he had last year. And I don't think it's because Baker all of a sudden like lost mobility, like he's still able to get out of the pocket. So um, taking advantage of that, um, really giving them a, a couple different looks. And then, I mean, if you look at I think each, 
each team or each game the team has been involved in, uh, they've all gone to the, or four out of the six have gone to the over. Um, the line's uh, 51 on this game, I think, is the total points on this. Um, it's going to be a high-scoring game, I think. Uh, I mean, I know we'll get into predictions later, but uh, we've got to hit some big ones down the field. we got to hit, you know, kind of on the – like his uh, like his back foot throw, you know, let let one go for uh, for Adam going up the sideline or, or let, let um, Jet cook or something like that. And I honestly – I like me some K.J. Osborne on those third downs. He reminds me a ton. Yeah of Jarius Wright out of Arkansas. Yep. I always remember that he was catching just random third and 13, got to have it, you know, and all of a sudden you'd see Jarius on this kind of shallow cross and he'd catch one and you'd be like, God, I forgot Jarius Wright's on the team. That's crazy. And here he is with another. I mean, I think I think uh, what Osborne's caught all seven of his targets that have been third down targets um, and converted them all. So um, that's something to look for. on. Sure. Something to look for on third down um, is KJ Osborne uh, just finding a crease and uh, and converting some some big third downs in this game. Uh, yeah, I I agree a hundred percent, and I, I appreciate you you pumping the Vikings up. And so Ryan, before we get to our new favorite segment of Vikings Tappy Hour, um, give us a key to victory. I know Travis kind of covered a lot of them, uh, but if, if you can find one more, uh, yeah. why don't you give it to the crew here and then, and then we'll hit up the, the lightning round here. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, a lot of people like to try to compare the, the game this week to the game last week, right? Like Russell Wilson's better than, than uh, Baker Mayfield and, um, and so on, but we're, we're playing a much harder defense. I mean, that defense that we played last week is not good. Like they're not good at all. So we have, you know, two of the best pass rushers in the league that we're going against. We have a really strong linebacker, um, a, a capable secondary, right? So it's going to be a little bit more tough, tough sledding. I think, honestly, Travis, I'd probably take the under on this game, uh, based on what the current over under is right now, just because I think that Cleveland's defense is going to play much harder. And I just, believe in you know the vikings to make this a game at home because our home field advantage does make a big difference we will make this difficult in baker so my two keys of success is really one the crowd we have to come rocking and rolling in this game because you can tell russell was visibly affected by how loud the stadium was and you heard justin jefferson be like boy wow look at how loud it is holy crap you know that's that's one key thing and then two is i think the offensive play calling is going to be very, very key here. We ha- Again, we have to navigate around this strong defensive line they have. Um, so, as I mentioned, using those uh, screen game, quick passing game, a lot of motion pre-snap. I mean, that kind of stuff does to affect these defenders more than we think it does. And if Clint tries to do game one drop back passing, we're going to get eaten alive. But if we can, you know, really work on – you know, the screens, the the jet motions, the uh, pre-snap motions to confuse that defense and the play-action pass to, to affect that defense for, again, a half a second, make them question what they're reading. That will allow us to make the right plays to, to offensively to make to, you know, make this a game and, and win this game. Absolutely. Dave, do we have music this week? Okay. Okay. I can dig it. Before we get into the lightning round, I want to recap last week. Uh, 
David Ryan had some over and unders that they went against. The first one was Chris Carson, 100 yards rushing. Ryan bet the over, Dave bet the under. Uh, Even at 6.7 yards a clip, Chris Carson was only held to 80 yards rushing by the Vikings defense last week. I thought it was way more than that. Uh, The second one was Russell Wilson, three total touchdowns. You both bet the over. It was under two touchdowns. Uh, Justin Jefferson still got the case of the drops this week. Uh, You guys both bet the under that he wouldn't drop a pass. He did drop one this week, according to PFF. Dalvin Cook didn't play, so that one didn't count. And then the Vikings defensive with three sacks. They only got two last week. So Ryan was correct. Dave was incorrect. And let's shift to this week. Uh... We got some over-unders, we got some buy-sells, we got the headline game and predictions to close out the show. We're going fast here. I'll give you guys each one, uh, and we'll just keep kind of moving. I'll start with Ryan, because I want to give Travis the Baker Mayfield one. Uh, Ryan, (laughs) over or under the Vikings O-line giving up three sacks this week? And technically I should probably do like, Three and a half, but we'll stick with three. I'll fix it for next week. But three sacks. Sure. Uh, I'll, I'll take the under. I think uh, Clint Kubiak is going to call again a, a well uh, well designed offensive game where we're going to um, mitigate you know the pass rush by quick quick passing and um, screen games and jet motions and that. So I, I think that you know, we'll call a good game plan to not um, put Kirk in a position to take these sacks. All right, uh, Travis. It's your boy Baker Mayfield, over or under two turnovers this week. He's averaged, I think it's like, well, he's thrown a pick in two out of three games this season. Yeah, I think that I'm gonna I'm gonna even get specific. Uh, I think that he throws one interception, no fumbles, but one interception uh, to Harrison Smith uh, on a deep ball um, that gets away from him. Uh, I don't particularly. Patrick Peterson isn't isn't the P two of old, um, and Breland's just again like I said I'm, I'm he's what ranked 103 out of 103 corners in the league or something like that it's it's not good so I think he'll I think he will throw a pick but I think it'll be downfield I think Harrison will be playing center field uh, and come up and uh, and pick it off but I don't think uh, I don't think the fumble will be in there so I'm taking the under. Awesome and yes. Uh... I think Bashad Breland has now been coined the Dakota Dozers of cornerbacks. Uh, he's that bad so far. So, Ryan, switching over to you here. We have Nick Chubb. We have Kareem Hunt. They're averaging 143 rushing yards combined a game in nearly 42 yards receiving. So my question to you is, will they get over or under 175 yards of total offense for the Browns? Hmm. Uh, I, I think they do get the over here. I think that they're going to press that run game pretty hard outside zones because that's where we've struggled for the most part so far this year. Um, I think they're going to press that. And just between those two alone, I think they get about 120 rushing yards and then just add in you know, what Kareem Hunt can do. We typically do struggle again, or at least in years past. I haven't really honed in on this statistic this year, but we do typically struggle against receiving bats and Kareem Hunt's one of the best. And he's hard to bring down. I mean, he's he's up there with like Alvin Kamara 
in terms of just contact balance and being able to shed tacklers and keep running. So I think he's going to break a big one in the in the receiving game and uh, probably be in that 175-180 range. All right. Uh, Travis mentioned it earlier in the show. Uh, let Kirk cook. Uh, we've seen fans say Kirk Tober is coming. Uh, so my question to you, Travis, is Kirk throwing for over or under three touchdowns this Sunday? He's averaging 2.6 per game. I think he throws for two, and I actually think he runs for one, believe it or not. Um, I think, uh, I think, but I think he, I think he throws for those two. Um, I think, I think the run game is going to, going to get it done. I don't think there's going to be a, I mean, I know, I know I'm going to take the over, but. I don't think it's going to be a situation where it's a, you know, 35-42 game. I don't think there's going to be a lot of scores to dish out. Um, so I do think the Vikings will get a couple passing touchdowns and one or two uh, rushing touchdowns. But I am calling that Kirk gets one of them. I love it. I love that. I know that he had a little scramble last week. So it'd be cool to see him kind of do the same thing just closer to the end zone. Uh, let's switch over to... Buy, sell. Ryan, are you buying or selling Clint Kubiak through three games? You would ask me after game one, I was selling hard at a huge discount. But these last two games he's called have been fantastic. I think um, PFF Eric had mentioned that, uh, Eric Eager, he had mentioned that I think he's the number one offensive play caller in football right now based on their metrics that they came up with. Um, and, and I'm buying it. I, I think he's taking what his dad has done and he's made it better in terms of allowing us to run more, you know, 11 personnel and take advantage of our playmakers. And he's putting uh, Kirk in good position to make good decisions, which is why we're seeing the best version of Kirk right now. I love it. Um, Travis, buying or selling Ole Udo being the right guard of the future? I am buying it. I'm buying it. Um, I think part of this is just my sheer optimism when uh, I just, I need the Vikings offensive line to become something of a force. Uh, I feel like, I feel like Steve Hutchinson is the last good offensive lineman who we had. It feels like it's been that long. Um, So uh, I'm buying it. Um, He's just got those couple of penalties that he's had. Um, it's uh, again, like I said, I think I'm, I think I'm being just blinded by optimism on this one. I just, I want so badly to have uh, a great offensive line. Things look promising through three games. So uh, I, I share that optimism with you. I would buy if I were participating in this, uh, but let's keep moving along here. Uh, Ryan, this is a weird one. I phrased it really weird, but are you buying or selling the Vikings corners turning around? So, do you think they'll actually improve or do you think they'll just continue to suck? Sure. Um, I'm going to pause lightning around real quick to answer Joe's comment here. And actually Travis, you might want to help me answer this. Uh, Hey Ryan, are the Sooners intentionally making every game interesting for you this year? I don't know what's going on with our boys right now, but you know, they, they are making every game interesting. Uh, but you know, typically Lincoln Riley teams start off slow and then they pick it up throughout the year and, 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 and are kind of a well-oiled machine typically right after that Texas game. So I'm not overly concerned. I think that uh, Spencer Rattler and team will pick it up. Do you have any other comments on that Travis real quick? No, I, I agree. Totally talk about Lincoln Riley starting off slow. I mean, you look at a lot of the losses in his career and they're heavily weighted 
uh, towards the first uh, four weeks, basically pre-Texas. Um, so, I mean, he's been fantastic in November. Um, he's been fantastic, at least through the back half of October. Um, the records are pretty glaringly different. So I think, I think they get it figured out. I, I, I think only a fool would bet against Lincoln Riley figuring out how to score points. Um, I think the track record speaks for itself. I do think it's interesting because, you know, in 2018, when we're winning games, you know, 48 to or 40, 41 to 38 or something like that, everybody's like, oh man, this team's so killer, you know, but you know, we win by the same margin, but it's defense. People, people don't grade teams with their own eyes based on defense. They always want to know how many points did you score? How explosive did you look? And, and that's just people look through an offensive lens. So, um, I think I think we open it up a little bit. I think there's a lot of lot of revenge going to Kansas State. I think paired with the Spencer Rattler booze and calling for the backup and all this and all the players kind of standing with him. I think they also need a road game. Maybe I think they I think they need to to get out of Norman. Go. I mean Lincoln Riley has been uh, impeccable on the road uh, throughout his career. So I think uh, I think they get it figured out a little bit this week. Perfect. All right, back to your question. Sorry, I just saw Joseph commented. So Vikings no corner is turning it around. I'm a, I am was a big fan of the Breland signing. I'm very disappointed how well how he's been playing so far, considering Zim's supposed to be this, you know, CB whisperer, as, as, as it were. So um, seeing that is quite disappointing, but I think they do pick it up, pick, turn it around. I, I think Patrick Peterson's played relatively well. I mean, I know he hasn't been shut down or anything, but he's played relatively well. Uh, Mackenzie Alexander, I think, has held his own. And um, what I do want to see is I want to see some Cam Dantzler. I know he's been kind of this pouty, you know, bitch on the sidelines or whatever, but, you know, I want to see him, you know, get his shot because when he played against Cardinals in the limited action he had, I think that he did well. So um, I, I want to see more of him if Breland continues to stink and, um, but overall, I think the group as a whole will will turn it around and be better. So I'll buy that. Yeah, uh, Joseph, uh, I'm gone next weekend or next week for this show. Ryan is hosting, so you very much will probably get a Vikings Sooners happy hour, uh, and maybe Ryan will bring Travis back, and y'all can just yuck it up that way. Uh, Travis, I got one more buy sell for you. Uh, it's Tyler Conklin. I've seen a lot of clips on Twitter of his blocking of just straight up DNs, right? Like he's just mauling these guys, but he's also been a contributor in the past game. So are you buying or selling Tyler Conklin or as some people like to call Tyler Gronklin through three games? Uh, I'm, I'm buying for sure. Uh, I might be buying at a premium at this rate. It's one of those things you see him on the roster early and you're like, okay, it's quite obvious. You watch some of his film and whatnot. This, he's being brought in as a blocking tight end. This is what Stefanski wants to to block in his his own runs and everything like that. So when you see, okay, Rudolph's gone, we're all in on Irv Smith. And Irv Smith goes down, and you're like, oh god, now we got this guy we brought in to block, who's going to be, you know, a vital, uh, you know, cog in the passing game. And man, is he impressed? What, what was he? Seven targets or caught seven balls. For 70 and a touchdown last week. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, I think that's a, about as breakout as a game as it gets because, because Seattle's linebackers are, are, are good. Uh, they've got, they've got an overpaid one, but other than that, uh, their, their linebackers are pretty good. So, um, having them lined up on him, you know, and him just being able to, to, uh, muscle them out on some stuff. I was impressed by his hands. That's for sure. Because like I said, when I first saw him 
on the roster and kind of watching things, I was like, man, I think they're mainly bringing him in, um, you know, to to help block in, in the run game and things like that. He's not going to see the field much as a, as a pass catcher on passing downs because we had her. So I was like, yeah, I've been wildly impressed. So um, I'm buying. Yeah, and I see some folks in the comments as well saying they're down. They're going to buy some Conklin stock here. And I made a post uh, just the other day about – I can see why the Vikings were so excited about Irv Smith Jr. in this offense. Um, I don't think he'd be as impactful blocking as Conklin is, uh, but I do. I he's do. He's a good blocker in his own right, though. Yeah, he's a good blocker yeah. in his own right. Yeah, absolutely, and, and and that's why I think that the Vikings were were definitely exciting for him. So not having him this year is, is surely a disappointment. But um, let's keep moving along. Travis is the guest on this show, and we're switching over to the headline game within this lightning round. I give you a headline for Monday's paper here in the Star Tribune, the Pioneer Press, wherever. Um, maybe it's even in Cleveland. Who knows? But you tell me what happens in the game to get us to that headline. So you can choose between what could have been or respect your elders. Ooh. I think... I think I, I'd go with I'd go with respect your elders. Um, um, it's going to be respect your elders. Um, I think that uh, um, I think that Zim makes it makes it difficult with some um, some interesting packages. The in, the interesting thing about headlines and newsworthy things they have to be obvious, right? It and as I said earlier, offense kind of runs the show with a lot of um, news things. But um, I think. Probably a lot of um, a lot of the media in Minnesota have been around watching Zimmer a long time, um, watching him not have much postseason success. They need they need a reason to to gas him up a little bit. Um, this has nothing nothing really to do with my score prediction. I just I, I like the headline better. I think it is more of a realistic headline um, with uh, with how with how media and newspapers think. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Ryan, that leaves you with what could have been. Oh, I don't want to go negative, but I'm going to go negative. Um, it's up to interpretation. You could go positive. So this is just your own doing at this point. It is my own doing, but I'm going to, because it just makes too much sense, just given the dynamics. So um, Vikings lose on an extra point made by Chase McLaughlin. Is that his last name, McLaughlin? who was our yeah. practice squad kicker for four or five weeks last week or last year. And we did not decide to keep him over Dan Bailey <laughs> and Kevin Stefanski, who could have been the head coach here. If probably if we didn't win that Saints game uh, back in the playoffs when we played the Saints um, gets revenge against his old team for not making him the head coach. So it's a, it's kind of a two, two pronged what could have been because that could have been our kicker and our head coach. Hate to be negative. I'm sorry, but man, I'm, it, I'm rooting it, for it, it, it could be, it could be what could have been like. I don't know. Kirk uh, goes 28 for 29 or something, and his 29th pass, you know, ricocheted off Conklin's hands or something, and he could, could have, have had been the perfect the most game. completions in NFL, most completions in NFL history uh, without an incompletion. You know, something like that. What could have been? So that you know, it's take note, the, Ryan. I, I like Take your note positive of Travis's advice. optimism. Yeah. 
All right, Dave, come on out here. We got we got prediction round here, and then we'll we'll uh, we'll sum it up here. So uh, just a recap on the season. Uh, Ryan is two and one because he went against us week two with the Cardinals. Um, I'll let that go after this week. Uh, Dave is zero and three, but it was a sacrificial zero and three. He picked the Seahawks last week to jinx them. It worked. Congratulations, Dave. I'm sorry it doesn't reflect on the scoreboard. Uh, Mary I'll take was it our honor- <laughs> you Mary was our Mary was our honorary guest last week. She guessed correctly with the C- or the Seahawks losing the Vikings winning. So that puts the guest total at one and two. And hosts of the show, uh, I am a homer through and through. I am the same record as our Minnesota Vikings, one and two. Uh, I expect to finish the same record that they do this season. Um, so, Ryan, I'll start with you. Prediction for this week. Uh, score. Yeah, score and who wins. Oh, why do you start with me? Um, I, you know, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna put my home record. Yeah, I'm gonna put my home record, uh, or in terms of my in-person game record, because I will be at the game again this week. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna chalk an L up for us, uh, and my home and my uh, in-game record. Um, I just think that you know, their their run game. I, I think they're gonna stay on the field longer, not allow Kirk to kind of get in rhythm. Uh, I think that their defense is gonna be a little more tighter than what we're used to seeing over these last th- two three weeks. Um, and and I think Baker. I think it's a close game, but I think Baker gets it done. Twenty-one twenty. With like I said, the last second hour, the the McLaughlin making that making that extra point to win the game. You are speaking this headline into existence, and I don't like you for it. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch to Dave here before we go to Travis. Dave, what is your prediction this weekend? Vikings lose. Same reason as last <laughs> week. Shit. Oh, okay, okay. I like uh, that. Uh, hey, if I can if I can sacrifice, I will sacrifice all season long. Vikings lose. Um, say the score is, but I did get the Vikings score correct. If you remember, if I believe, if I remember correctly, I did get their score. Um, I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair, pretty similar, and we'll lose like thirty-four to thirty-one. I do believe Mike Zimmer, as I discussed earlier in the weeks, come down with the checklist on how, especially Bashad Breeland. I wish they would get Dantzler in there. Um, how they might play that a little bit better. It's going to be rough if OBJ's out. Um, they're going to obviously Cleveland will focus on a running game. Tomlinson played better last week, even though you don't see that in the stats. He did. Uh, they could the Vikings very well could shut that down. Um, eight people in the box bring Harrison up, especially if OBJ is out. I'm not afraid of Peoples Jones. He's had a lousy season so far. Uh, I hope that continues. And pressure and a home crowd in U.S. Bank are going to ruffle Baker Mayfield. However, to keep the streak going, I'm picking the Browns because I want them to lose. So I'm picking the Browns to win. I can appreciate that, Dave. And I I like the sacrificial take you're taking there. Uh, Travis. Before you give your prediction, I want to give you one more opportunity here with everybody listening, whether it's live right now on YouTube or when this goes live Thursday on Apple 
podcast, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, um, where they can find you, pump yourself up, give yourself a minute here to just kind of talk about you and then hit us with your score prediction. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, I'd love to be back on. I love doing this kind of thing. Um, like I said, just talk about sports all day. Might as well, might as well do it with guys that, that know what they're talking about. So, um, I, uh, I'm at Travis Skoll on Instagram, Twitter, uh, super easy to find. I mainly talk about sports and food. So if you like pictures of food and to talk about sports, I'm probably your guy. Um, but, uh, other than that, I'm a restaurant owner here in Tulsa, uh, South Tulsa, Bixby. So if you're in town, uh, look me up. Uh, let me uh, let me feed you and uh, send you home happy. So um, my prediction, um, man, I've gone I've gone back and forth on this so much, um, but I feel like I think I think we're giving up what 26 and a half points a game. Um, I I think it's going to stay right at that. I think. I think Cleveland scores 27 on us, uh, a few touchdowns um, and two field goals. I do feel like we come up one field goal short of tying and score 24 points. I think it is 27-24 Cleveland Browns. I I tend to trust Vegas uh, maybe too often, but they do what they do for a reason. So as those of you that know the lines and can do math – um, that is right at the total points that Vegas is uh, projecting. And then Cleveland is favored by it's, it's moved everywhere from a half a point to two and a half. I think it's at one and a half right now. So um, that's what I'm going with 27 for the Cleveland Browns, AKA the fighting Baker Mayfields and 24 for the Norsemen. Well, now I like I was going to do it anyway, but now I just feel obligated to pick the Vikings because we just went all three of you just went the other way. Um, well, Dave, Dave's saying we're going to win by saying we're going to he's, he's picking us. To lose, it's so. it's yeah. a superstitious attempt that, that I can appreciate. I will go to a fault. The Vikings winning here. I think it'll be 28 um, 20. I do think it's a close game. Uh, but I think Zimmer is just too much to handle for Baker Mayfield. And I do trust the defensive line to kind of shut down or at least contain uh, Chubb and Hunt, especially if Anthony Barr is back. Um, so that is my prediction. The only one on this show uh, to predict a Vikings victory this weekend. Um, actually, besides Mary and I, we're the only ones to pick a Vikings victory correct this year. So... Take that for what it's worth. Uh, Travis, I want to thank you. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, whatever. Uh, (laughs) Travis, I want to thank you for hopping on. Uh, For everyone listening in the chat or live on the podcast, or not live on the podcast, but the podcast that comes out on Thursday, you can find him at Travis Skoll on Twitter and Instagram. It's the quest to 6,000 followers on Twitter, so make sure you get out there. Follow him. Pizza, Sooners, Vikings. It's there's not a better combination, really. At least the Sooners win, unlike the Gophers. Um, and then <laughs> as for next week, I will not be here. Uh, so Ryan, co-host, recently named, even though he showed up late, will be handling the show next week. No idea what he's got prepared. Um, I'll send him my prediction sometime next week uh, for that game. But uh, that's all I have tonight. 
I think uh, Flip and Eric will be back tomorrow for Vikings Hot Takes. They and, will. Uh, and then you can see Dave and his buddy, I forget the name, on Saturday. Darren Campbell. Soup Campbell. Darren Campbell for old two bloggers. And then come back on Sunday after a Vikings victory. Fingers crossed. Uh, with Flip, Jason, and Dave. I will not be on that show either. Uh, and hit up CTP final score. So to everybody who hung out with us tonight, I appreciate it. And uh, Skull Vikes. Hey, before we leave, I want to give you a quick hint. One of the questions tomorrow night on Viking Hot Takes is, are the Vikings better without Dalvin Cook? No. That should be an interesting answer. Uh, And if anybody wants to submit an extra point, contact me and send me your video asking the question. With that, what do we say, guys? Skull Vikes. Skull. Skull. baby. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.